Hey guys, what's going on? It's Tormy time, baby. Yeah! Yeah! Tormy time! What's up, buddy? Um, so this is, uh, this is a new, a new thing for me. This is a new podcast. I had Ted's Frog Pond for a little while, and, uh, I didn't really like the name. I think this will be much better, and, uh, it'll be available on iTunes, um, Spotify and everything like that, so I figured it was time for a little bit of a change, a little bit of a uh, revamp, and uh, I'm really excited about it. So welcome, my name's Ted Tormey, and uh, we're going to break it down for you. All right? All right? Oh. <laughs> so, uh, happy St. Paddy's Day. You guys out drinking green beer and acting a fool? Clowning? Clowning, getting down and dirty? You stinkies? Yeah, baby. Ugh. No, thank you. I spent uh, a lot of the day taking some classes on Skillshare. Um, I just updated a lot of my stuff, um, invested in Adobe, Adobe Premiere and Audition and all that stuff. So that's why this audio's crispy, dog. So uh, I'm excited about Game of Thrones. I don't know about you, but the new season is coming up. And I am freaking out about it, man. I don't know what's going to happen. So I've been listening to a lot of conjecture, uh, you know, people breaking down what they think is going to happen. But I think the main thing that a lot of people are missing is that when the White Walkers come, or I mean, they've already gone past the wall, but when they do get past the wall, or, or since they've already gone past the wall and they have the dragon now, um... I think that there's an innate, a very primal possibility that everyone dies. Like, everyone gets emaciated, and there's only a select few people that survive, um, and they basically have to rebuild from the ground up. So it's just chaos, you know? Um, so I think that would be pretty cool. I think that that's a... That's a pretty interesting take, don't you think? Don't you think that that's a profound revelation? Something um, so so insightful, so smart, so spicy, so dirty, so deep, you know? Um, yeah, so let's see. Um, but if anything, I, I really like how Jon Snow was talking about um, telling the truth towards the end of the, I think it was the last episode, or it was one of the episodes where he had made a deal with Daenerys, and then um, Cersei wanted him to vow allegiance to her as the queen, um, and he said that he would, but he can't because he's already vowed his allegiance to Daenerys Targaryen. Um, and then when you also take a look at Daener Daenerys Targaryen, um, I think that she is great at seeking counsel and making informed choices, but I don't see her as a leader, like as just a natural-born leader. I think Jon Snow is a better leader. Um, if anything, obviously I'd like to see Jon Snow triumph over the White Walkers, but uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, oh, uh, did you guys see Conor McGregor pumping up the, uh, the Boston Bruins? That was pretty sick. So uh, Conor McGregor came to a game, 
hockey game and he goes in the locker room and he's pumping him up and and it was a really good speech actually he's a good public speaker I think he's got a, a good talent for that I think he could be you know a, a Gary V type you know what I'm saying <laughs> and uh let's uh let's break it down more with some with some H- HBO um I also watched True Detective the last season or the, or the third season the third installment um I think it fell short. I think it fell short compared to the first season. Um, the second season, I think it, it's it might be slightly better than second season, but I thought the second season had a little bit more heart. Um, it felt more emotional. Um, I thought Colin Farrell did a really great job with his interpretation of that, you know, alcoholic cop that's trying to get it together or, you know, that... I don't, I don't think he was an alcoholic. I think he was just heavily abusing substances, but just barely hanging on. You know, but it, like he had a good heart. But I, I honestly, I think I liked the second season better than the third. So if I was going to rank the seasons, I'd go season one in the top slot, season two and season three. So right in chronological order. You know what I'm saying? Um, beginning to end. Um, I still don't think, I think it's going to be really, really tough for them to capture a character that was constructed and acted so well. Um, I'm referring to Rustin Cole, by the way. Um, but yeah, it, it's really hard for me to to find the other seasons so any bit interesting um, compared to the first season. But and you know, I guess we'll see. Um, also, have you guys seen Barry? Barry on HBO. I know I'm breaking it down. I don't know if you guys have have any HBO or anything like that, but uh, Barry on HBO is fantastic. Um, and that is, I think it's Will Hader. Will Hader. Let me just double check. Let's see. Oh, Bill Hader. I'm sorry, Bill Hader. Yeah, I thought I thought uh, I think that series is really fantastic, um, and I really particularly liked. Um, is it Noho Hank? Is that the guy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Noho Hank. Oh my God, that guy is funny. That guy is so funny. So Barry is a former. He's a former Marine um, hitman. And he's a hired hitman, and he he tries to be an actor. And ironically enough, the only way that he can show uh, real talent is after he actually experiences like really stressful situations where he ends up accidentally, or you know, following out a contract of you know being a hitman. Um, so I, I'm excited for that for the second season of that. I thought it was really well played. And Henry Winkler, who was playing played by oh yeah Henry Henry Winkler is the actor that uh, plays Gene, is it Gene Cousins? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I want to break down some books. Break it down, break it down, break it down. <laughs> um, 
the first book on my list that I think you guys should read um, is Social Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. You see it? You see it? Yeah, baby. Um, I found a lot of references in this and the the whole construction of the book to be very, very beneficial. Um, it breaks down like neuroscience, um, endocrinology, um, involved in like your social inter- your social interactions and how um, certain things hold weight and how people communicate. Um, how to deal with different people, different leaders, and all that stuff. Um, so it's really, it's really fantastic. I thought it was very well done, um, and I particularly found the idea of the hedonic treadmill, which is essentially like you get more and more successful, and you end up making more and more money. And um, a lot of people think that when you make a lot of money, that you're set. Um, but what happens is the treadmill keeps going, so you keep spending at a greater and greater weight, greater and greater rate, and then you uh, end up just either living paycheck to paycheck or always looking up. It's like if you're making five million dollars a year, you want to be making fifty, and if you want to, if you're making fifty, you want to make a hundred, and if you're making a hundred, you want to, you know, become a billionaire. And that's kind of the the pathway that a lot of people, or I, I guess it's the archetype that a lot of very successful people fall into and it's like if you live with reasonable means um i think that you can really build a life for yourself that's much much more fulfilling than something that would be um you know in line with with that with that thinking you know that i mean i love capitalism i i like I like capitalism and like that but i think that you can still get a lot of really nice things and you know, just kind of be reasonable, you know, and cut your cost of living, live comfortably, um, have a lot, have a lot of savings, um, be able to help the people that you love and move forward with that. So, um, I thought that book was very, very good. Um, and this ties into, um, a topic of mine that I very much enjoy, um, minimalism or being a minimalist. Um, I recently have uh, been, you know, going through a lot of my stuff, getting rid of things, selling things um, to, you know, make my my room and my workspace much, much more functional. Um, and man, I just had so much stuff that I don't really I don't really need. Um, and especially with clothing, too, that's something I I'm having a tough time getting rid of because I like having a lot of options if I'm going somewhere. Um, but I do end up wearing similar things because I like the way they fit. But it's always nice when you get in, uh, like a brand new shirt and you put it on that day, you know. I, I don't know, that feeling, I think I'm like addicted to it. It's There's just nothing like it. Um, so I think that's going to be the next step is kind of breaking down my clothing, seeing what's functional and professional, seeing what I would need for, for working on all that stuff. And then, uh, and then making a commitment and and really reducing the amount that I that I have, um, and uh, I think I think it's tough. I think it's tough for for people to let go. You know, you have these these emotional ties to these things. You know, you don't want to get rid of them because they hold some some weird uh, what is it? This you know personification or this what is it? 
I don't know. I forgot the term. But anyways, I think that um, it'll be good, though. It'll be good when I start sifting through more and more. But I already feel better, and I've gotten rid of a lot of stuff and organized a lot of paperwork. And um, I think that organizing yourself and digitizing the things that you can digitize is really, really beneficial. So I took this class. Um, it's on Skillshare. Okay, and none of this is sponsored or anything like that. Just so you know, let's see, productivity. Yeah, the Productivity Masterclass by Thomas Frank. And I used to watch a lot of his videos in, in college. And I did make a, a, a couple of like college tips a while back, kind of breaking down some of the things that I thought were useful when I was, uh, when I was studying all the time and all that stuff. Um, and the apps that he recommended were fantastic. Um, the Todoist, uh, to do IST all one word is a really interesting app. So you can create lists, um, and you know, you, you complete the task on the list and then it goes away. Um, and then you can set timers, you know, this is doing a week, this is doing 10 weeks. This is my workflow. This is what I need to do to get done with, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, and I found that app relatively useful but the one that I found the most useful um was uh Evernote which is a like a just a more detailed note-taking um app um and you can put on your desktop and on your phone as well and I like it because it's incentivizing me to take more classes online um and that has been really beneficial for me because I'm kind of getting back I'm on the roll again of of really trying to learn as much as I can. And like, you know, you have these plateaus and these low points where you're not really motivated to do, you know, the things that you know you need to do. Um, so that has been extremely helpful for me. Um, and, you know, I, I did end up paying for the year subscription um, because it limits the amount of storage you have um, if you just get the free version. So I thought that that was very, very fantastic. Um, so, and, and I'm using it, I'm using it, uh, daily. Um, and I love the way that you can create folders and different topics, and then you can create short shortcuts for the things that you need. Um, so that is, that is pretty cool, baby. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, let's get back some, to some more shows, man. Oh my God, dude, dude. I got something for you. I got a show for you to watch. High Maintenance on HBO. It's fantastic. Um, it essentially documents this guy that sells cannabis um, in New York City. And um, he's kind of on the he's on the line. I mean, it's, it's uh, what is it? It's decriminalized, but you can't legally sell it in New York State. Um, so he is like a... He's like a, he's just a pot dealer, you call him, and you know, he comes with a backpack, he's on his bike, um, and I think the whole construction of the episodes are really fantastic, it's kind of just taking snapshots in, uh, into the lives of the people that he interacts with, and, and it shows a lot of, like, these pathological behaviors, um, you know, really poor relationships that people have um, with their parents, with their significant others, with their work relationships, um, you know, it also ties into, 
you know, people that are struggling with death and, and all that other stuff. I thought it's, I mean, it's really fantastic. If you like interesting um, shows that kind of that kind of make you think and also have, I mean, it's really funny too. There's a lot of funny parts in it as well. Um, but I think, uh, I think you guys would really like it. I think you'd really, really like it. And it's real. You know, it feels like it, it feels like you're actually there. It doesn't feel like it's a scripted series or that, uh, anything was, you know, forced. Uh, I think the actors did a great job in it too. Um, a really good one is season one, episode five, Selfie. That's a great one. Um, and I think, let me see if this is the one. It, it, there's this girl that's, you know, living in New York City, and she's, this, this might not be the episode, but uh, spoiler alert, okay? There's this girl, she's living in New York City, and she goes out, and she's taking all these photos and showing everyone how great she is. You know, she's getting all these likes, and she's a writer for Vice or something like that. And uh, she invites him over, and, you know, he goes through the whole spiel. You know, this is how much this costs. I have X, Y, and Z. And she starts saying, hey, you know, can I interview you? And she starts interviewing him, and then she starts bringing up, like, very sensitive political things. And he's like, he's like, I don't, he's like, I don't want to answer that. He's like, I'm just a normal guy and I'm just trying to, you know, make, make it by. Um, and yeah, it got really personal. It was really funny. And then, uh, he said, don't take a picture of me. And she did end up taking a picture of him and she posted on Instagram and it, uh, it was public. So he searched in his phone, he searched her name in his phone. Then he found that she had posted on Instagram, like a photo of him and he just got like really pissed. <laughs> I don't know. It was really funny. And then she broke down. It shows you her breaking down. Like her house of cards just falls because she's really unhappy. But online, she's she's doing great. But she's in credit card debt and alone, and all of her relationships are falling apart. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, it's it's so so funny. That that's, uh, I don't know, it really hit home. I, I know a lot of people like that. I know a lot of people that are really superficial and that don't actually speak their truth and they don't live honestly or within, you know, their proper means. And they're surprised when it blows up in their face. And it's almost like they want it, they want things to be bad because then they have the excuse of saying things are bad to people, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's like they want to victimize themselves for being, you know, completely negligent. I mean, I don't even know how else to describe it. You're negligent if you act in that manner when you're an adult. And sometimes you just have to learn it the hard way. But anyways, it's a good, it's a good, uh, good series. I love it. I ripped through the three seasons they had on there pretty quick. Excuse me. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is the last one we're going to talk about on HBO. Leaving Neverland. Oh my gosh. I could not imagine how 
how horrible it would be to live your life knowing that everyone loves someone that did something so horrible to you. Um, and obviously it's, it's hard to, it's hard to prove, but they're, they were victims of really, you know, it's really, it's a heinous crime. It's, it's a disgusting act. And the, you can tell that these guys really struggled and they had the same story. Um, I mean, they could have correlated it, but I mean, the, the details were very fine and I didn't think that they were lying and I don't, I honestly don't think they're lying. I believe it, but, um, it, it's really crazy how someone that successful and that strange was so horrible to these kids and took their, took their, their soul essentially, you know, you, you really have to be a manipulative psychopath or just really, I mean, the perversion involved in that is just disgusting. I can't, I couldn't imagine. And that, you know, they're still dealing with it now. And that, you know, their wives told them, their, their wives were, were with them and they were in the, the interview as well. And then, you know, the mothers were talking about how they trusted Michael. And I, I don't know. You kind of you end up questioning the judgment of the mothers a little bit because you don't know whether or not they were truly protecting their kid or if they got enamored by the the glamour and the money, you know, because both families didn't really come for much, and uh, it uh, it's just really heartbreaking, really really heartbreaking. So if you um, if you have the time, it's a good documentary, but it's super heavy. Um, I think you definitely need need about a half a day to decompress or more. You know, it's like you just can't really you can't imagine what it would be like to be like that. You know, or or to have an experience like that and then have people people act as if you're just trying to get money. You know. Um, it's a, it's a nightmare, you know, it's like hell is real and it's, you know, well, it's, that's not my quote. It's a quote from, uh, I think it's Jordan Peterson. Hell is real and it's on earth. You create it. Right. And, and I, I really do believe that. I think that if you let things slide, it turns into this, this malevolent hell that you can't escape from. And you know, how do you get how do you get out of it if that's all you know? You know those these neural patterns, this cascading downfall. Um and just and, and then the, the truth becomes so distant. And I and I've seen that a lot, you know, with people that I know. It's like that they, they don't want to be helped. Like you put out a helping, you know, you, you tell them, hey, you know, if you need someone to talk to, I got you. If you need someone to do something healthy with like exercise or go just have a normal conversation, a cup of coffee and, and a way to maybe navigate your troubles, you know, not not indicating that you can solve anything, but maybe you can give them a perspective that would be helpful. But some people genuinely 
love the chaos. They like the idea that they're the victim, you know, that there's nothing they can do. Everything else is everyone's fault. And they've been indoctrinated into this cult and this belief that that you can't change, you know? And that's something that uh, some people have indicated that they, uh, some people that I know have indicated that they, they really don't believe that and they don't give people a shot, you know? I mean, I'm sure you all have, have changed substantially and, and in a really really drastic manner in some areas and maybe in some areas you're the same but uh with me I mean you know it's I'm always trying to get better and become a better person and and break bad habits but when you start making progress and I was just listening to this podcast the other day the art of manliness and they're talking about getting one percent better every day or you know half a percent and just doing doing something that you know you need to do in order to better yourself as in the long run. Um, and I think, who was it? There was someone, I think it's the guy that wrote, uh, some booked, uh, some book, he was talking about evolution. This guy was talking about evolution. He's talking about how you don't notice the hour clock, the hour clock, the hour dial moving, the hour hand moving. You notice the minute hand moving, you notice the, the second hand moving, but you don't notice the hour clock. And I think that that's what happens with people when they think that their daily routines and habits don't matter. It's like they don't notice the hour clock, the, the hour hand shifting, but as it shifts and as it comes over, it like, you know, a year down the line, two years down the line, three years down the line, you pay. And you pay substantially for it. And you either are in a better position or you're much worse off. And some people might skate by, but you can't compare yourself to people that skate by that have it easy. You know? Um, speaking of people who are trying to change and get better, tore me time, baby. Uh, I read this book about a year ago, and I think I did talk about it on a previous podcast, but, you know, I I think you could really benefit from reading this book. If you're struggling with anything from trying to get up consistently at the same hour or, you know, actually having a legitimate addiction, you know, alcoholism, you know, drug addiction, gambling, um, I mean, alcohol is a drug, so... I mean, you could just say drug addiction, but um, people that are addicts or who have this mindset um, and have this chemical imbalance and and really are trying to change and better themselves, I think this book is fantastic. And it could just be coffee. You want to not drink coffee anymore and you're struggling with it or you want to wake up early or you want to stop watching things on the internet that you shouldn't, that you shouldn't be watching, you know? Um, or you just want to read, you want to start reading, you want to pick up a good habit. Um, this book is fantastic, and it's Recovery, Freedom for, from Our Addictions, um, and it's by Russell Brand. So that's the book. 
Um, I found this book to be very fantastic. Um, his insights from his own life were really great. He kind of breaks down the 12 steps to recovery um, really well. And he gives his own perspective on it. And when you read it, it's almost, if you've ever heard Russell Brand talk, it sounds like like your internal narrative. You start like your neural processing, the way that you start firing, the way that you, even your internal dialogue, you start speaking like him in your head, you know? It's it's really strange. Um, but I mean, it was, into- it was like, ironically enough, it was intoxicating to read, <laughs> you know, like it was really, it was really motivating and fantastic. And he has these, these long form revelations and he speaks at such a fast pattern and he is very well read and you can tell. Um, so, um, I really love this book. I love his interpretation of a higher power, how it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, a conventional religion that you follow. Um, it can be, you know, the universe or, or whatever you think is the, the highest level of it, of, of being, you know, the, the highest possible, um, transcendent value. So, you know, like the ideal person, the ideal moral, um, person who acts you know, properly all of the time makes the right choices. And I love his take on unconsciousness, um, which is really cool. He thought, and this might've been from some of his, his other work as well, but he, he kind of talks about how there are moments of unconsciousness where you just, you kind of, you put, you put your frontal cortex on the back burner and you kind of you become so enamored with the present and just kind of not, oh, I'll think about that later, I, you know, distracting yourself with certain things and, and not really being mindful instead of just being like, okay, what, hold on, what, what am I doing? Like, this isn't, this isn't the right thing to do, and this isn't the right way to act. Um, uh, and kind of re- returning to kind of breaking down the pros and cons of saying things and, and acting with, acting with intention rather than acting on impulse. Um, and that was kind of my take of it. Um, but I definitely, I want to read that book again. I think, um, if you're listening or you're watching this video, I think you should read that book, even if you're not an addict. Um, it helps you understand people that are addicts. Um, especially, you know, um, and in my family, I've had to deal with, with that to a certain extent. Um, and it can really give you very beneficial insights into why people do what they do, um, why they create these these situations where it's it's all about them. And a lot of times, they encounter a problem or a scenario or something that they are dealing with that is so overwhelming that all they want to do is escape reality. They just want to become separate from this world for a moment. And when they come back, they don't want to face it because they know they've built up a lot of bad things that they'd have to face. You know, you, you, you build up that, that, that demon, you know, this, this unattainable mountain, like you can't climb the mountain, you know, you're at the very bottom. Um, and 
it's useful in, in anything. Um, in business, in work, in personal relationships, you can really understand how to articulate your thoughts with people that have a sensitivity in that area or have dealt with it themselves. Um, and you can you can at least find some common ground and just be like, you know what, I, I at least understand you to a certain extent. You know, I might not have that impulse in me or those um, those types of, you know, uh, genetic predispositions, but I can understand you and help you if you need it and if you're truly, you know, asking for forgiveness and trying to better yourself, you know. So, I God, this turn I always turn so heavy, dog. We go deep. <laughs> uh, going deep with Kasim G. Remember that one? YouTube? Any old old YouTubers? Oh God. So before I um before we go into our next book, um. I guess uh, I wanted to share what my what my mission statement is for this this podcast. I have not constructed one, so <laughs> this is off the cuff, um, and it might not make a lot of sense. But I'm sure I will make sense of it later, or you can at least get the gist. So uh, I want to have fun conversations where I can make fun of things and um, give a funny perspective and also talk about things that I find are useful to me and and all that other jazz. And if you guys um, find that that is beneficial, let me know. Um, let me know in the comments. Um, I can start a subreddit if you'd like. Um, and then uh, on all these platforms that I'm going to post this podcast on, uh, if you could leave a review and then maybe some suggestions for topics you'd like me to cover instead of just me, you know, rolling around from thing to thing that I find fun, um, I think that'd be good. So that's not necessarily a mission statement, it's just kind of a a general statement. (laughs) But uh, I kind of like that better, you know? Um... Oh my gosh. Also oh, I made uh I made a video yesterday. You guys can check it out on my YouTube channel, Ted Torm. Ted Torm. <laughs> um and uh so it's where I, I created this lovely this lovely uh lip caterpillar, this this lip sweater I got going on, this mustache. And uh I uh my brother and I were watching uh Pineapple Express like a couple weeks ago. And I love the scene where, um, where Dale, Dale walks in, and James Franco walk in, and it's the, <laughs> it's uh, who's that guy? Okay, hold on. I'm sorry. I have to start memorizing character names of movies. I'm sure some of you are just screaming, screaming the names. Okay, Dale Denton and Saul Silver. So so when Dale and Saul show up to Red's place after they spend the night in the woods, and the night in the woods is really funny too. So this Pineapple Express, the movie, BT dubs. And um, 
But anyways, yeah, when they're in the woods and they, he falls and hits his head on the rock. Oh my god, it's so funny. But anyways, when when uh, Danny McBride lets them in and he's got the exercise ball and he's like all kind of out of shape and he's wearing the the white beater and he's like, "Sup, players?" He's like, "Just up here trying to get a motherfucking scholarship." <laughs> oh my gosh that is uh, that's one of the best lines it's so strange <laughs> and then and then Saul's like ha <laughs> like that, that fake laugh you make when your friend tells a joke that's like you're like alright like that's just him Just we're not going to talk about it after this <laughs> oh my god funny 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 babe um so the next book that got me motivated and I'm still trying to live up to his standards, David Goggins, my guy. Goggins is my guy. He gets it. Um, David Goggins um, is a retired Navy SEAL. Uh, he was in the Air Force before that. He's a decorated member of the military um, and he's an ultra marathon runner. Um he runs 100, 100 mile races, 200 mile races plus. And the guy literally had no no real advantages. He had been dealt a poor hand at basically every step of his adolescent, child, and, and adult life. And he turned 25, and I'm, you know, I'm 25 now. And something something went off in him and he's like I can't do this he's like I, I can't I can't just be content um with this mediocrity and he's like I need to I need to become something better than than what I am now because right now I'm dying I don't you know he was like he was like almost 300 pounds he's like I think he's like six three or six four somewhere around six foot and uh he he ended up uh, going through buds three times. Could you imagine? I don't know if you guys know what buds is, but it's the initial phase of SEAL training, and it's one of the toughest things a human being can go through. And the guy was an animal all three times. Um, ended up getting horrible shin splints and broke his patella. Um, and the story is just fantastic. His childhood was really interesting. I found a lot of um, correlations, and I, I could really relate to him on a lot of levels, because there, there were and there still are moments where I don't feel good enough, where I don't I don't feel like I was provided. There are moments where I don't feel as though I'm I'm a normal person. Like, let me just try and articulate this properly. There are moments where I feel as though I'm I'm always less than. You know, I I'm always left to a lower standard. I'm never good enough. Um, and that it might be easier just to give up. Um. And I, I don't feel that way anymore, um, but I used to when I was, you know, coming up and, you know, he had a lot of a lot of things in the book that I, I really, really hit home with me. Um, 
and he's he's a fantastic guy and um he's a really really motivated driven guy and he just was he was done he was done with being the guy with all the excuses saying he couldn't do it or, you know i i could have done that oh i you know maybe i could have done it he wanted to do it and he acted and he went on to do and still is doing a lot of fantastic things um and i think you could really benefit from this book so here i'll show you it can't can't hurt me by david goggins this this book is fantastic out of out of the three books that I told you to read, if you don't want to read two of them, read this book. This this book will change your life. Um, and I'm still working on bettering myself. Um, he he really tries to break down, you know, attacking every day and really, you know, being the best you can be. Um, and you know, you're gonna fall short. But I think he had a really good point. He's like, you know, you don't have to be as crazy as I was or or do exactly the same thing I did. You know, like join the military and go through buds three times just to prove that, you know, you have the chops and that you're you're a bad you're a bad dude. <laughs> you know? Um, but he said, you know, you, you can your limit basically his he he indicated that your limitations are much further along the path than you think they are. And he talks about the 40% rule. When you're giving your all physically, you're only at 40%. And you can push yourself much further. Much further than you ever thought you could go. And I think that holds true with a lot of things in life. I think a lot of people have excuses. I don't have time. Um, That's too hard. Um, I have no experience doing that. I I don't know how to even start. Um, And you start by making mistakes with a lot of things. So... This book's fantastic, though. This book, um, I gotta read it again because I, uh, I definitely need to be reminded, you know. And he's, uh, he's on I think Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and he does like motivational videos and all that stuff. But I mean, the guy is a legitimate military, decorated military guy, um, and he's no joke, <laughs> you know, um. And oh, another another great podcast that you guys could listen to um, if you like military stuff is uh, the Jocko podcast. That's a really good one. I really like that one a lot. All right, let's see what's on the old agenda. Oh, um, I just watched uh, Casey Neistat's newest vlog. I think I think unless you posted one. That's newer. So he said goodbye, goodbye, social media. That's the that's the video. It got almost two million views, and he this uh, this ties into everything we we're saying too. It's, it's funny how that all kind of works out. Maybe it was planned. Oh my goodness, maybe this is all, this is all choreographed. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> um, so he, he broke down how he deleted um, uh, all of his social media off of his phones. 
He still has it on his computer. He can check it on his computer at night. But he said that he was just addicted and he couldn't stop scrolling through it. No, no matter what he was doing, he just, just that, and he breaks it down, the flicking of the thumb. He's just like mindless flicking and then getting invested in these arguments online that, you know, that doesn't affect his life at all. And I thought that it was a really good point. And um, I followed suit. I did a similar thing. I did re-download Instagram, but everything else is off. Um, I like to post some of my artwork on Instagram, so that's what I did. Um, but I found it easier to attack things and complete tasks that I needed to complete instead of finding, you know, finding that temporary relief in, you know, scrolling through social media, especially Instagram. I think Instagram's like probably my favorite app. I do like Snapchat and I can see why people really like Snapchat, but I don't like talking to people a lot. Um, I am more introverted compared to my friends and I'm not the type of guy that uh, will talk to you every day if we're dating. Like let's say I'm dating a girl, I won't, I don't really want to talk to someone every day, you know? I mean, if I'm living with them, maybe. <laughs> but I, I like my privacy, I like my alone time, I like to think, um, I like time to decompress, I like to work out, um, and that uh, that's kind of a big deal for me, so I, that's why I don't really like using Snapchat as much as Instagram, because Instagram at least, you can get really funny memes, funny videos, um, and then you can see what all of your friends are up to and my friends are oh my goodness some of my friends are getting married 25 what the fuck you kidding me getting married already cool dude cool your jets this is 1950 you don't need to get married god oh my goodness i couldn't i could not imagine getting married right now I could not imagine. Unless you, I mean unless you hit the hit the lotto with someone who's just fantastic and you dated for a while. I mean I can see why some people make that jump. They want to have kids early and all that stuff, but my goodness is it a really big responsibility. And I think if you want kids um then it is it is I I think it's better to do it when you're when you're younger. Um I think that it is more difficult. It's more of a responsibility, but maybe it'll motivate you to be more successful. You never know. Some people need that that boost. Some some people need that um, that realization that you know their life is now dependent on another life. You know, you have to you have to bring someone up. You have to provide them with examples and guide them through all of the various, you know. the various trails that you need to, to walk, you know, not to say something that's a platitude. It kind of was a platitude. Um, but I think you need to really, really understand the responsibility of raising a child. And, you know, it's not like this is, again, I'm paraphrasing. This isn't my quote. But um, when you, what was it? Jordan Peterson said, if when you start, when you have a family, when you have a kid, um, it's not about you anymore. It's about them. Your your selfishness 
has to cease in order for them to thrive and in order for you to provide, um, you know, a sustainable, functional life um, for for that, that little person, man. So, uh, yeah. But yeah, my friends are getting married. I just, man, I can't find anyone that I can tolerate, you know? Um, a lot of people, uh, a lot of people that I've interacted with, um, on a romantic basis, I just, um, I kind of knew it wasn't going to last any longer than a couple months, um, if I did end up dating them. Um, and then there are people that I find that would be really compatible, but, you know, you want to be stable like I mean I'm stable now but I want to be in a position where like they don't have to worry about anything essentially not 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 like anything anything but at least you know having having a a stable home base and having you know having your own house and everything like that you know um I think that's that's more attractive overall and just being uh being secure in every in every area or at least having the ability to um, make big financial decisions and not having to sweat them you know um, because you know I'm just out of college so it's kind of tough you know I'm sure you guys are in that same spot you know what I'm saying okay okay. Let's do, uh, we'll do a couple more topics, a couple more jimmies, a couple more jammies, jimmy jammies, and then, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up, baby. Oh my gosh. Okay. You ready? I'm on Instagram right now on my laptop, which is very funny and weird. And everyone is posting for St. Patty's dog, green girlfriend. Oh my God. Some of these people are miserable. They're miserable. Hate, hate the person that they're with, and they hate their life. Think about that. Let's let's break that down, bub. Some of these people are freaking miserable, and they're just flexing for the gram, dog. And so, and maybe some of them are actually genuinely happy. I. Uh, What's the percentage though? Maybe 50-50. You know? It's a lot. Oh, more, more, more. Still scrolling. Uh. Yep, more, more. All smiles, man. Some of these people are really depressed. Just like what Elon Musk said. Did you guys watch that podcast? Joe Rogan, Elon Musk. <laughs> Elon... <laughs> Elon was talking about social media, and he's like, he's like, yeah. Um, I think a lot of people, when they post on social media, they're very depressed. They're very depressed, yeah. They're very, very depressed. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, very depressed. It was futile. It was, I tried to tell them. It was futile. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to tell them that was futile. 
God, that was a dark, that was a dark moment. Moment. <laughs> and Joe's like, "You're freaking me out. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a movie." <laughs> oh, that was a good. That's a funny podcast, man. That's really good. I love how we, uh, I love when he was talking about um, like uh, developing the tunnels. Yeah, like well, when we started to build the tunnels for the cars, we start with a pit. Then you just get a permit for a pit, and we start building a pit. <laughs> and then, and then Joe's like, he's like, well, how do you? Don't you need to tell them your entire plan? And he's like, I, know, I just got a permit. I got a permit for a pit. Just built a built a pit. <laughs> <laughs> oh god and that's i mean that's really funny you know you, you just take it one step at a time and then you kind of see how far you can push the limits i think that's probably how it worked i'm sure he had something tentatively written out you know maybe a business plan or something like that i don't even know probably it's all in his head I'm just able, able to articulate it in like a you know 30 seconds and convince whomever that uh that he's got it you know that guy is hyper productive i think i read something or uh I didn't read it. I didn't read about it, but I think I saw a title that said that he he schedules every five minutes of his day. Did you imagine having that much control? That's ooh, actually that's what I started doing. Google Calendar, dude. That it's so fantastic. I used to li- really like writing things down in a uh, in a planner, but uh, Google Calendar is really fantastic. And then you can reference it on your um, on your computer as well. Um, set reminders. I think that that's actually pretty sweet yeah started building a pit started with a pit and uh building a tunnel tesla 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 did you guys ever buy a tesla i would i will how about that how about that you son of a bitch I'm visualizing myself driving a Tesla, dog. You watch. Watch, haters. It's about to pop off. Yeah, so I think we're done with St. Patty's Day. Yeah, but everyone's everyone's posting. Good for them. I hope they're happy. Honestly, actually, honestly, I hope they're happy. But, um, God, a lot of them are depressed. A lot of them are depressed. Oh, my goodness. Man, there's been a lot, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff to break down, baby. You know what I'm saying? Okay, we'll do, we'll do five more. How about that? Five more minutes. See if I can come up with something. Ooh, I got one. More movie references. I watched a lot of films. I'm, I'm obsessed. Hostiles on Netflix. Christian Bale. Oh my. Gosh, that movie is fantastic. If you have never seen it, I highly suggest you watch it. Um, it's it's one of the it's it's one of the best westerns I've seen in a long time. Very very well done. Christian Bale, I mean, he's just he's just so good. He's so good at investing wholeheartedly in a character and really personifying that time frame, the demeanor, the way he carries himself. I thought it was I thought it was just very well done. And all the supporting actors were fantastic as well. I thought it was very well done. Um and it was a uh a real 
a real great interpretation of how tragic it was in that time frame, how everything could be going fine and then you lose your entire family. You know, it's like, you know, we're, we're lucky now that, you know, well, I mean, those of us living in the in the uh, modern world that we don't necessarily have that eminent threat occurring all of the time. I know some people do, but uh, it's... Um, it's a good movie. You should watch it. You should watch it, bub. You know what I'm saying? Let's see. I have not watched The Shop with LeBron James, though. Holding off on that. I've heard it's, it's pretty good. See how it does. Oh, I, I went to see, um, what is it? What was that movie with that girl? Uh, superhero movie. Oh, Captain Marvel. That's what I saw. I fell asleep. <laughs> I I mean, I was tired. And I think it was an okay movie. Um, a lot of the comical... A lot of the delivery with the jokes was off. And, uh... I kind of I thought it was funny how her her weakness was she was too emotional. <laughs> I won't say anything more than that. I just thought it was kind of funny that that was her her weakness. Um, yeah, I fell asleep and uh, I got filled in. <laughs> now you're filled. You've been filled in. Let's just jump right into it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I fell asleep. I was honestly very tired um, from work. And uh, I I didn't really like it. It was like, it was an okay movie. It was, honestly, it was comparable to Batman versus Superman. Like, it kind of, it fit the bill. It was interesting. It had, like, an interesting storyline that was somewhat predictable, but had that... Um, you know, that element to it that was kind of surprising. And then, you know, there was a twist at the at the end. Um, but, yeah, I just wasn't really, wasn't really feeling it, dog. Wasn't really feeling it, dog. Yeah, you can't sing, dog. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, all right. What are we at? Hey, baby. I think that's all she wrote. I think we did an hour. We did an hour. We did an hour. Can you believe it? I'm so excited that we did an hour. Yeah, out in Fergal. We did an hour. Yeah, well. Sorry. <laughs> um, so, uh, please uh, subscribe. If you're watching this, like and comment. Let me know what you want me to do next. Um, I'm going to start pushing content, man. I'm going to start ripping through it, dog. Um, uh, at least once a week or more. Uh, setting the bar low. I think I'm going to exceed that. But uh, this will be fun. I'm I'm excited. So uh, let me know what you think. This is Tormy time. I'm Ted Tormy. And uh, leave a review, too, if you're listening to this on uh, Strictly Audio. Listen to me scroll with my mouse. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks.
Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Good job. Good job all around. Okay, bye.